0: We sometimes want to feel good or we look for outside sources to make us feel good, but in reality, all we need is really within us.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? Why is human connection so important? According to Maslow's theory of needs, besides food, water, and safety, love and belonging are the most important things. This includes our desire to connect with others, to feel included in a group. When these needs are met, our overall well-being improves and we live a more fulfilled life. The 2021 World Happiness Report (laughs) I know that might sound silly, but yes, there is really a thing called the Happiness Report. And it found that people who experienced an increase in connectedness with others during the pandemic had, number one, greater life satisfaction, number two, more resilience, and three, better mental health. Anna is joining me today. So she is a person who loves connecting with others. Her mission is to live life in the present and enjoy life to the fullest while we're connecting and helping others to do the same thing. Pretty commendable in my opinion. Empowering each other to be on life's journey. Whatever our circumstances are, that's what she stands for. So this mother of three was diagnosed with MS in 2009 and now thrives with SPMS. So that's secondary progressive multiple sclerosis. Her passion and enthusiasm is driven by her spirituality, her health and fitness. Joy for Anna stems from the connection she shares with people. So we're going to talk a lot today about what that connection means for her and maybe get a little bit of feedback for us and how we can be more connected with others. She believes that we have been given this life experience to connect and help one another. So let's chat it up with Anna. Hi, Anna. Thank you for being here with me today.
0: Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Thank you for inviting me to the show, I'm so honored.
1: Of course, of course. So, you know, I only seek out the most amazing thrivers, and I think you're one of those people. So, we want to hear all of this great stuff from you today. I'm really looking forward to maybe getting a little bit of insight because I myself would say that I dealt with loneliness through Amazon over the pandemic. And so, I'd like to hear your thoughts about that. But first, why don't you share with us your diagnosis story? I
0: was pregnant with my third child when I started experiencing some symptoms. I would trip and not really know why, and other symptoms like numbing, I would experience some numbing in my face and my feet. But at the time, because I was pregnant and I had some other back issues, I didn't think much of it. After I gave birth, I had gone for a jog because I was a runner back then, and I experienced my first real MS episode where I lost feeling in my legs as I was running. And back then I didn't have a cell phone. So this was in 2008. I I did have a cell phone at home. I didn't have a cell phone on me. So I uh, fell on the ground and couldn't feel my legs, couldn't get up. And I was kind of like crawling bleeding finally the feeling came back it felt like a lifetime it must have been a couple of minutes but I can't even tell you how long it was maybe five minutes or so so I regained feeling in my legs got up started walking home and I was kind of like the tin man I couldn't bend my my knees anyway so made it home and I was seeing a physical therapist at the time Because I had some back problems and I have spinal stenosis and some other back issues. And we we thought that that probably caused that. And again, I didn't look into it. I didn't see a doctor or anything. But a couple of months later at the baptism of my child, it happened again, where I lost feeling in my legs at the altar when we're baptizing the baby. And I was really upset, ended up going to see a doctor. We did an MRI. And sure enough, I was diagnosed very early on. I had four lesions active lesions in my brain they were still active so it was a new it was a new attack and we found a cluster of lesions in my uh, cervical spine so I was diagnosed with MS and I couldn't believe it because I never thought I thought maybe I'd get cancer one day because my mom passed away of cancer but we didn't have MS in the family I was pretty healthy I was shocked and I didn't want to believe it and so I saw different doctors I saw like four doctors And we did a spinal tap. And with the results of the MRI and the spinal tap, they were able to tell me with about 99% certainty that I had multiple sclerosis. And at that point, I did believe them. And I started treatment. I I started Copaxin, which is injections. So I started on that. And I also looked into alternative therapies. Are you familiar with CCSVI and the liberation treatment?
1: No, tell me more. I want to know more about that.
0: At the time, this was like in 2010, I believe. There was a doctor uh, from Europe who thought that he found a cure MS, and they were calling it the liberation treatment. Basically, the theory is when you have stenosis in your jugular vein, it it causes blood not to circulate properly in your brain, and it creates toxins in your brain. He thinks that there's toxins. So it's attacking and that's why uh well with ms your white blood cells attack the myelin sheath of your nerves right so that was the theory behind it all this to say i did and there was a, a procedure that a lot of people were doing with a lot of controversy at the time it was called the cc svi procedure. And of course, I forgot what the acronym stands for now, but basically it's an angioplasty procedure on your jugular vein and they open up the vein. So I flew to Vancouver, got evaluated for that, then flew to California at my own cost, spent all this money, did the procedure. And I'm, I have no regrets. I really don't have any regrets. And the truth is that was in 2013, I believe. I haven't had any new lesions in my brain since then. So. I have four lesions in my brain. I do, in fact, have a lot more lesions now in my cervical spine, but that's another story, and, which I'll get to. But at that time, I did that, and it was an invisible de- disease at that time for about 10 years or so. So I continued with my life. I was healthy. I became even healthier. I made diet changes, lifestyle changes, eliminated stress in my life. I was going to beat this. There was no way in hell I was going to let. This is my, my belief you know, there's no way in hell MS is going to get me. I'm going to fight MS. I'm going to beat this shit. There's no fucking way. Sorry if I'm swearing, but that was my, that was my motto, you know, and I, and I was able to carry on with a regular life. Only our family knew that I was diagnosed. I didn't really let other people know because I didn't want to think about it. I don't want to get defined by it. And I had other things, other fish to fry, which is good. It worked for me for a certain amount of time. But the truth was that the existing damage that I had was getting worse. And I was experiencing symptoms, even though other people couldn't tell. Obviously, as you know, if you have a mess, you know, there's the fatigue. I w- wasn't able to wear high heels anymore. I would lose my balance. I couldn't run anymore. Like, I wasn't able to run a fraction of change my exercise. And that was it. So when I was turning 40, so I got diagnosed when I was 33. So this is about seven years later. I was still taking my medication and I started a new job. So I... I I, you know, I was turning 40, I wanted to continue with my career and I found this great new job and I took the job. For my career, it was the best move I had ever made. I was making the most money I had ever had, it was like a different position, but it was very stressful. I don't know if that is related to my relapse, I, I, I'm not sure. And I'm okay with not knowing, but that's what ended up happening. I started a new job and I was getting much worse. Now I needed a cane, like I had very bad back problems. We weren't sure if the problems, with my legs were because of my back, but I knew something was wrong. I, I just knew it. My gait was affected. I couldn't walk. People could tell now that I had a problem or that there was something going on. because I couldn't walk properly. I started using a cane and we did more MRIs. My doctor said it's probably just the existing damage. The MRI of my brain was clear. But then I realized, I was looking at the reports, I realized that they didn't do an MRI of my spine. So I called my doctor back and I'm like, what about my spine? You know, I had cluster, a cluster of lesions in my spine. He's like, yes, and I will do the MRI of the spine. So we did the cervical spine MRI and it turns out I had relapsed and my, all my cervical spine was covered in, all the white matter of my cervical spine was covered in lesions. So if you see the MRI, like it's just all white. And
1: I was devastated. It came back. And it came back strong. I'm getting emotional. That's to be expected, right? So, this is not an easy thing to talk about. And I commend you for coming on the show and talking to me. We, we guys, we had talked and she'd been on a couple podcasts and blah, blah, blah. She's like, but I got my tissues here because none of those podcasts (laughs) were about MS. And we all know this is like the most challenging. I cannot imagine seeing those results and knowing that your spine had been impacted that much. When I was diagnosed, they said that the ones on my spine were the reason that I went numb head to toe. And so the thought of that returning or worsening my progression is it's a scary thing. So I really thank you for sharing this with us.
0: Yeah. And also what just happened was I revisited that memory and the memory it uh, brought out the sad emotion that I just released as I was crying and now it passed. I want to talk about that later because that's these are the tools that I've learned to live my life with. This happens. We we have sadness in us. These memories create sadness. It's important though, like when it comes up like it just did, to release that sadness, acknowledge it, and then Wait until a new thought comes in with a new emotion and go on. Because now I feel fine now. And that's with the tools that I use to live my best life. It's okay to have negative emotions. We just can't stay stuck in them. I'm not going to, I just got upset. I'm not going to talk about it for the next hour, how upset I was back then. Because if I do that, I'm reliving what happened back then in 2013. Um, but I'm in 2022 now. Like, this is my life. So I'm glad I had a chance to bring that up, but let me go back to my story. Anyway, so I was devastated. So I decided to quit my job. <laughs> I said, this is it, game on. I'm gonna focus my life on curing myself. That's my job from now on. So I decided to take a year off. I, I quit. I, I was st- I stayed on like part-time on a contract and then I it wasn't working. I was having a lot of pain sitting, I couldn't sit in front of a computer. So my doctor recommended more uh, aggressive treatment, which he recommended at the time Lamtrada. So I was going to go on Lamtrada, I started every day, I, w- I, I met a yogi, I was going doing yoga every day, just focusing now on my healing, healing myself physically, spiritually, I was, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was trying hard. <laughs> I didn't end up going on Lamtrada because I heard of a clinical trial that was taking place in Ottawa, so I live in Canada. And it was on stem cells, it was mescam stem cells. So I'm like, this is it, I'm gonna get stem cells done and I'm gonna fix this and yes, you know. So I wrote a letter to them and another letter, I started calling them. I'm like, please put me in this trial, whatever. And finally I got through and they accepted me in the trial. So I was super happy. In order to be on the trial, you have to stop medication six months, before the trial, six months after, and then you do the trial for a year. So you're off meds for two years, okay? And I was driving to Ottawa every month. Uh, I got two infusions, one was placebo, one was regular. So I did get the stem cells. And every month I would go and get tests done, walking tests, all kinds of tests. I had like 12, uh, more than 12 MRIs a year. The best tests out there for MS I was able to experience and I felt like I was in good hands, but throughout the course of the two years that I was off meds and doing this thing, I kept getting worse. I kept declining my walking, my disability, no new lesions. So I haven't had any new lesions since then. So that was 2015, I think it was no new lesions, but now I'm considered secondary progressive. The existing damage you have just gets worse and deteriorates. So that's what's going on with me with my spine right now. Whatever damage I had there, as I get older, as as we all age, even if you don't have MS, your body starts to falter in different ways, right? If you have MS, and as you're aging, it's just quicker. And so my disability was getting worse, and I started to use mobility aids all the time. That was by the end of the trial. And so I finished the trial, was off meds for two years, still... Diagnosed with relapsing remitting, not secondary progressive. Then I did Mavenclad, which is like a chemo-based medication. I did that for a year, but then because I kept declining, after ten years after my first diagnosis of relapsing remitting, I was diagnosed with secondary progressive MS. So that's what I have now, and I'm disabled and I use a wheelchair. I never ended up going back to work, and I didn't want to, because I don't think that that was, even though I was able to be successful at it, that just wasn't for me anymore. I didn't want to do that anymore. So I decided to retire. So I've been retired for five years. Then what happened was after getting diagnosed with secondary progressive, realizing that I was going to be disabled for the rest of my life, understanding that I didn't beat MS like I thought I was, and I was left feeling very depressed, (laughs) very sad. I was tired of fighting and doing and being. But the truth is, I'm super proud of myself. And I'll never go back. I have the best lifestyle because of this. I, I, I am in awesome shape considering my age and health. You know, I work out very regularly, and I enjoy it. It makes me feel good. I'm passionate about it. Outside, it be like outside of having a mess. It has nothing really to do with having a mess. Yes, at a point, it was let me be in a mess. Let me do this. I'm worried about atrophy. Oh my goodness, I have to work out my legs. My feet are atrophying. Whatever. Yes, but somewhere down the line i let go of that and it just became a way of life for me most of my life i battled with being insecure about my weight didn't never wanted to gain weight i had to stay a certain weight i had to look a certain way and i'm just not that person anymore and now i finally i'm in a place in my in my life where i'm super healthy with the way that i eat i'm at my ideal weight that i want to be at but it's effortless because it's just i'm doing it for a different reason now it's just it's not even for a reason. This is who I am now. Like it's just my my lifestyle to be this way. And I love myself. I love my body. I was so self-conscious of the way that I used to walk. I look like the walking bed. I'm like trying to drag my foot and I can't wear high heels anymore. And I can't do this anymore, whatever. And it's okay. Like I've really let it go. I love my myself. I love my body. I, I'm proud of myself, even if I walk with difficulty even if I look funny to other people, my body's trying so hard to walk for me. The muscles that don't work, there's other muscles compensating. I'm I'm so grateful for it. Even with having MS, I always saw it as something that was a bad thing. And it was like a monkey on my back. It was like the devil in my room and like, hashtag fuck MS, hashtag MS fighter, or whatever, which I, I don't use the fuck MS anymore. But like, I don't see it anymore as the devil, this awful thing. I don't know why I have mess. It's okay that I don't know why. Did I try my best to beat it? Yes. Will I continue every day of my life trying to be as healthy as possible, taking the le- latest medications? Of course, you better believe it. I'm not gonna give up ever but I understand that my body is doing this for some reason. If there's a kid biting their nails and hurting themselves, would you like be mean and awful to that kid? No, this is my body and it's doing this for some reason. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love my body through it. I'm going to love my body through it. So I decided to retire at the age of 42. And then that's it. I went through a depression. So I didn't beat mess. I was disabled, secondary progressive MS. I'm in a wheelchair. This is it. So I found myself in a negative place. I was feeling very depressed. And at one point in my journey, right after the time that I did the stem cell infusion, I decided to go on Instagram and start an MS account because I was lonely and I was depressed because my life didn't turn out the way that I thought it was going to turn out. and. At that point, I just needed to connect with people who understood what I was going through. And I had tried some support groups, but they weren't my type of people because I am i always wanna stay positive and I don't wanna dwell on the negative. And I'm not judging anybody because we all go through hell. We all cope in different ways. But for me, I didn't wanna feel weak and sad and complain about my symptoms. I wanted to get uplifted and I didn't know who to speak to. I started telling people that I had multiple sclerosis. It was obvious now that because I was disabled and I started an Instagram page to help me on my journey, stay focused on my health goals with my nutrition and my fitness and just to connect with other people going through chronic illness like me. So that's what I, I did out of a place of sadness, but also feeling that I wanted help and I needed to connect with people. So I kind of listened to that wisdom and I created this Instagram page and it helped me quite a bit. So I started getting back to my old self, back to my exercise regime and my eating regime and my being positive and sharing some quotes that helped me. And so that was my journey and I I continued that way. Years ago, I was watching the Oprah Winfrey show and she had a guest on the show his name is Eckhart Tolle, and he's very famous. He's written books like *The uh, Power of Now* and *A New Earth*. He's a spiritual teacher. I love this man. I've done an eight-course, eight-week course with him, and he's such a warm, he's such a beautiful spiritual man. So I, I, I loved Oprah Winfrey, I had, had even seen her when she came down to Montreal. Anyway, so but something stuck with me. On one of her episodes with Eckhart Tolle, she was explaining how to identify your own ego versus your true self. And she said, within us all is an observer and within us all is an ego. And when you're experiencing negative emotion, understand that it's not your true self. Understand that it's it's your ego because your true self will never feel those negative emotions. when you're caught up in emotion, just the ability of knowing if this is a positive emotion or a negative emotion is an indicator that you're not those emotions, you're observing those emotions. I didn't understand what the hell she was talking about. And that quote got was stuck in my head for years. I just didn't understand what that meant. And for whatever reason, it, just, it kept coming up and coming up. There was this one day, it was July of 2020, I believe, and... I was in bed and just, I had all these thoughts. You're going to be disabled for life. What's going to happen if the kids have to feed you one day? Where are you going to end up? Like fear, fear, all these. and then I'm like, Anna, don't be like that. Stay positive. I mean, it is what it is. You didn't beat it. And like, I had like these voices in my head and then I was like, oh my God, I'm so sad. Oh, I'm crying. Okay, step out of it. Am I going crazy? Like. Who are these voices in my head? I'm losing my mind, you know. And then I remembered that quote from Oprah. So I went on YouTube. I Googled Eckhart Tolle Oprah and that ego and I, and the clip came up and he and I encourage you to read the book, watch the clip yourself. He explains it in such a beautiful way. How we are not those voices. We we don't need to identify with the fears in our head, with the criticism that we give ourselves with the doubt, we don't need to identify with that. You can identify with a much higher wisdom that we all we all have. I connected with a spiritual coach on Instagram. When I came up with this realization, I wrote a post on Instagram on my on my MS account. I sent out this post and I'm like, don't go back to what hurt you. We sometimes wanna feel good or we look for outside sources to make us feel good. But in reality, all we need is really within us. spiritual coach saw my post sent me a message and we just started organically speaking and through him i got into reading up on another mentor his name is uh, sydney banks the three principles and that set me on this journey where i was just reading Eckhart Tolle books reading reading sydney bank books listening to their audios i registered for an eight-week class with Eckhart Tolle I joined a community of uh, Sydney Bank, people who teach the Sydney Bank principles, and it, it's been the most fulfilling experience of my life. I was raised Greek Orthodox, but I never really believed everything about my religion. There was too many things that didn't make sense to me. But through all these spiritual teachings, I realized that all religions point to the same truth, and all religions are a metaphor. that truth. So you can't really take things literally sometimes. You need to look at the bigger picture, which is what? We're much more than our bodies and our thoughts. I'm not just this body that's disabled, and I'm not these thoughts that I have that sometimes are good, sometimes are bad. Inside us is something a lot bigger than that. And within us, we have the power to feel peace, love, and happiness, no matter what our circumstances are. So that's been my journey.
1: So that's quite a change from where you had started. I mean, being in this more corporate situation, working with software and things to now, and you're saying, that really wasn't fulfilling me. And now, because of this journey that you've been on, you're in this different place where you feel alive and are really making a big impact on not just your own being, but others. And it sounds like it, it started with this sense of loneliness, which I'd like to talk about a little bit with you because loneliness really is that state of mind and occurs when there's a like a disconnect between your human connection and the actual level of connection that you're experiencing. Right? So It's what happens when that longing for human relationships goes unfulfilled and it starts in your own head because I get in my head about it all the time. And what does that really mean? Am I having significant connections with other people who understand me and I understand them? So I know you talked about, you know, starting this Instagram account to share how you're feeling with other people in our same situation that have MS. But what are some ways that you feel we can grow these connections and combat our loneliness?
0: So I've been part of this incredible community, sharing stories with other people. And I've realized that, you know, we have a chronic illness and we're sad about it. But somebody could be sad because they're going through a divorce. And somebody else could be sad because... They can't have kids or they had a really bad day or they don't love themselves. And, and so it's human connection. And it's the reason why we need a connection is, is different for everybody. But it's the same thing. We all need connection. And so what I've learned in my journey, the thing that has been the most rewarding to me and has given me the most happiness is really, truly connecting with people in this quiet space where where we just listen to each other and be with each other. And that doesn't mean talking about our problems. That just means not feeling alone. And and it's such a beautiful feeling. So when you really connect with somebody, you slow yourself down. It's healing. Knowing that you're not alone in this life. I love my husband. I love my kids. I love my friends. Having one-on-one talks with people and slowing down and just connecting with them, you feel that love for somebody that you just met. That feeling is within all of us. It's not special for the people that we know and and are in our lives, right? Everybody longs for that human connection. And when you don't have it, that's what causes you to feel lonely. And sometimes you feel like you need another person. But in reality, that's not true either. Because within us is this abundance that you can always tap into even on your own. You just have to quiet your mind and access it
1: it takes a lot to get there. And starting with that ego thing, doing a lot of self-reflection to get to that point where you can feel that in ourselves. Because when we're in that really deep state of loneliness, it's hard to identify with that. And so I think part of recognizing that you have that abundance within yourself is starting with that self-love.
0: We live in the emotions of our thoughts. People don't understand that. I didn't understand that. Many times we identify with our thoughts and we believe that because we're thinking something, it makes it true, but that's not true. That's just an illusion. If you have a thought that you're alone, in this world. If you identify with that thought and you truly believe that you're alone in this world, then you will feel lonely. But if you have a different thought, and the thing is you don't realize that it's not real because you're identifying with that. Having the understanding that thoughts just come and go in our minds all the time. We don't have to identify with them or believe them. All of a sudden that thought loses its value so sometimes i'll have a negative thought come up you're you're gonna you're gonna get much worse in the future but now and where before i would believe it i would say oh my god i need to worry about this i need to focus on this thought you feel like you need to give that thought value but by giving that thought value you're just perpetuating it so now when a thought like that comes in i'll be like no anna that's just a thought go to the next thought let the new thought come in So with with depression and loneliness, I'm alone in this world. And then if you believe that, you'll perpetuate it, keep thinking about other things. Or you can say, I'm not alone in this world. There's love everywhere. And try to move on with that thought. Sometimes when you're caught up in that illusion, it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. It's really not easy to let go of those thoughts sometimes. But understanding that they're just thoughts is a tool to allow you to move on. How do you feel when you believe that thought? feel fat or i'm ugly i'm fat how do you feel when you believe that thought that you're saying to yourself what if you realize that's not true and the thing is we can't feel bad because then guilt comes in oh i'm having a bad thought wow look look what i'm doing to myself but don't judge that our thoughts come in there's random thoughts everywhere there's uh contaminated thoughts and pure thoughts don't judge yourself when you have a negative thought that comes in. Let it pass without value, let it pass without judgment. All humans go through that. And you just have to let it go, let it pass. So sometimes I'm not in a good place. I recognize that I'm not in a good place. I recognize that I'm having sad thoughts. Try and help yourself. If there's an emotion coming up that you need to grieve, do it. I'm not talking about repressing emotion here. You know, it's important that you validate when something negative comes up, feel whatever that makes you feel, and then say, okay, now it's time to move on to the next thought. Slowly, you fall into a mindset where you do that automatically. Nobody doesn't experience these negative moments.
1: So I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. And recognizing it, just recognizing it is really the key, because once you have that knowledge, then you can start to manifest some new and more positive things after you've acknowledged those negative feelings. Super valid. So it seems like on this journey, you've learned so much and you're making more connections with people. How else are you using this knowledge in our community?
0: I find that writing helps me release emotion. Also, it helps me organize my thoughts. So I started blogging for myself. And then I I became a freelance blogger, like a couple of people reached out to me and I felt motivated to continue. So that's what I started doing. I've been blogging. And then I started working with some coaches and I started coaching people. So I've been able to just really connect with people and help make a difference. And it's been so rewarding. And through that, I feel like I'm, I'm furthering my healing and my betterment. You know what I mean? All we really need is human connection sometimes. It makes all the difference.
1: When I find people that are dealing with similar things than I am, that really helps too. And just listening to you today has brought so many things to light because I need to go and seek out that information and the books of the power of now and a new earth because I'm really intrigued by by your thought process and I find myself getting stuck sometimes and not being able to put those new thoughts into play and allowing the loneliness or negative thoughts take over my my thought processes and it's really intriguing to me some of the things you've shared so i want to summarize a little bit some ideas because it's been a lot so i'm going to beat this shit i heard you say <laughs> let it go and love yourself don't see ms as the devil There is an observer within us, ego versus our true self. Don't identify with fear and doubt. Don't go back to what hurt you. What you need is within you. Take a look at the big picture. We are much more than our bodies and our thoughts. Within us, we have the power to feel love peace and happiness tap into the abundance within ourselves because we live within the emotions of our thoughts just because we think it does not mean it's true and don't repress your emotions oh my gosh anna you are a wealth of knowledge where can people reach out to you and find your blog and things please share with us
0: i'm on instagram so my handler is i'ma keep standing and basically that's where People can uh, connect with me and I'm doing some coaching right now. I'm open to like connecting with anybody, even for just a couple of consultations. It's been such a rewarding experience for me. I wake up in the morning. I'm so excited. And when they say love is the answer in the 60s, they used to come up with this stuff. And it really is true. I've realized that love is the answer. It really is the answer. And you don't love love. Just a couple of people in your life, your family and your friends. We're put on this earth to love one another. And we could connect with each other no matter what our status in life is, or our what illness we have, or if we do have an illness or we don't. And we're all experiencing human emotion. You know, there were certain times in my life that I felt amazing. I was on vacation on the beach, walking on the beach. I loved the ocean. I always felt a call to the water. Then I couldn't swim anymore, and the ocean became dangerous. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll never have that feeling again. I'll never have the feeling of running again. I'll never have that feeling of being in love and carefree and walking through little boutiques and, and hard-to-reach places, which I loved before. This is what I lived for. And having becoming disabled, a lot of those things weren't on the table anymore for me. But what I realized in my journey is that we think that exterior circumstances or people make us happy. Oh, being on the beach and walking on the beach makes me feel happy. But that is not true. That feeling of happiness, of mindfulness, of being in the moment and being in love with life and whatever is within you. It just comes out. And when it comes out, you feel like it's the outside stuff that brought it out, but it's not the outside stuff, it's you. You can have that feeling even if you're not running on the beach. You need to just believe it's there and it'll happen. That magic is with us.
1: And I I think being present in that moment is so, so important because we're experiencing the now
0: don't look outside for things to make you feel good. You'll never find it. That's why people, there's so many celebrities out there. They have all the money in the world and they, and they commit suicide. Why? It's not the outside stuff. The outside stuff is awesome. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I would love to be in Trix and cake every week. <laughs> the outside stuff is awesome, but it starts with you. It's the inside stuff and it's the invisible
1: stuff. I am so grateful for you right now. I needed this conversation.
0: When you said I'm so grateful, that is, you're in your source right now. When you feel grateful and love, grateful and love, and you're like, whatever bothered you this morning doesn't even matter anymore, right? That's, that's who you are. Believe this feeling. Don't believe the shit we think sometimes. Whenever you're feeling anything negative, it's like a barometer telling you you're not in touch with your source. And so when you feel something negative, connect with yourself again. Turn everything off. Close your eyes. Think of a moment you felt love and gratitude. Go back to that moment. Feel the love and gratitude and then use it. I have chronic pain. I can't walk many days, I'm so sad. I connect with somebody, I do something, I go out whatever, I access this incredible magical feeling, and it doesn't matter, you know? It doesn't matter anymore. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Like you're feeling it now, I could tell. And that's what I mean by human connection. This is what heals us. This is, And this is why we're put on earth, so that we can do th- connect with people this way. It's not about our physical form. It doesn't matter that I'm in a wheelchair doesn't matter. I would love not to be in a wheelchair, but it doesn't diminish me in any way from my purpose on this earth, which is to love and connect with people and feel good and help other people feel good because love is the answer.
1: Love is the answer. Love for ourselves and appreciation for everything around us and everything we get to experience. I hope that you all are impacted by this and just listening to ourselves and getting to know ourselves this is a thriver right here That's why she's with us today, and I hope that you're feeling the same about yourself. Everyone, if you'd like to learn more about your core values, if yours is love, as Anna's is, or whatever it is that really drives you in your life, please look at the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There's some resources there, or even reach out to me, reach out to Anna. We'd love to chat with you, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and keep thriving. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. Keep thriving.